Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, and I'm excited uh, that you're with me today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, food and faith, of course, here on the Catholic Foodie Show, as we always do. Uh, and we're going to also be talking about meatless meals today. Uh, meatless Fridays, you know, not just during Lent, but throughout the year. I will be giving you a couple of uh, recipes and also some resources today uh, to maybe help you put this into practice if you haven't been doing it up to this point. Again, the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio, and uh, so excited to uh, to be here with you today. You know, yesterday we talked about um, funky food, <laughs> funky food combinations, those weird things that uh, that perhaps we came across when we were uh, children. Maybe our, our mothers made them for us, and uh, and and we just started to eat these weird, bizarre things and and we think that they're normal until a certain you know we get to be a certain age and realize that not everybody else uh dips their pepperoni pizza in orange juice when they eat it you know or uh, you're the you're the only person in the world that you know who actually drinks red wine with coca-cola uh strange strange things and that was such a fun show i, I had a lot of fun and uh, a lot of great feedback too over at the on the facebook page uh um, facebook.com slash catholic foodie is where you'll find that on uh on the twitters and the instagrams and uh, and all that good stuff so uh that was yesterday's show it is available by the way as a podcast if you go to catholicfoodie.com you'll see it as the topmost post right now uh called funky food and uh, if you missed yesterday's show, you can listen to it uh, again today. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to repeat what I what I said uh, yesterday on the show that uh, you know this is uh, the Catholic Foodie show. I am Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, but I would love to have you be part of the show. And you can do that a very, very simple way, very easy way is to call and leave me voice feedback or a voice message. 985-635-4974. Uh, 985-635-4974 is the phone number. You can call that number day or night, anytime, any hour of the day or night. So for all you night owls out there who are up at two, three o'clock in the morning, uh, just doing whatever you do at two or three o'clock in the morning, I, I'm, I'm sleeping, or at least I'm trying to, to sleep at that time. You can, you can call then, you can call then and, uh, share with me your, your questions or your, your comments, what's going on in your kitchen. Perhaps you have a question about uh, how to, how a certain dish is made or some cooking technique, something along those lines. Uh, you can always just call, leave a message there and and that is recorded uh, digitally and I'm able to play it here on the show and uh, I may be bringing some feedback to you in just a minute to give you an example there uh, the number again is 9563549974 and since this is live radio folks you can actually call in right now so if you have any questions food and faith related I'd love to talk with you about that uh, 8559491380 is the call in number for the live show Eight five five nine four nine thirteen eighty. You know, we say that uh, Real Life Radio is you supported, and I certainly hope that that piques your curiosity. If it does, you can find out why we say it and how it benefits you, because it certainly does benefit you, uh, by going to realliferadio.com and clicking on the Care to Share link. Uh, realliferadio.com. Now, uh, today we are going to be talking about meatless 
meals, but I do want to start off the show today with a little bit, a uh, little more voice feedback. Let me see if I can get this pulled up here. Uh, I have been threatening you with this uh, feedback for a few days now. Matter of fact, a couple of days ago, I tried to play it for you, had technical difficulties, and it did not work. So we're going to try again right now. I think it will work. This is Angela Cialana, a friend of mine uh, who has uh, spoken, I think, the last couple of um, Catholic New Media Conferences, uh, CNMCs. Uh, she's been a presenter at. Uh, she is known on Twitter as Inspired Angela, uh, is a blogger, does a, does a great job. And uh, this she called in a couple of months ago, and this is what she had to say. Hey, Jeff, it's Angela Stiolana from San Antonio. So uh, my brainstorm for Catholic Foodie uh, feature episode ideas. Um, yes, I love the idea of uh, having you go to different uh, restaurants um, that you would recommend for those of us who would like to visit New Orleans in the near future. Uh, different types of restaurants, maybe uh, the best bakeries, the best Italian, the best Middle Eastern, best uh, local cuisine, that kind of thing. Um, but also maybe um, local parishes, maybe what are some great parishes to visit um, if we're in town. Um, related uh, note on that would be maybe who are some uh, – maybe having some interviews with priests or uh, other clergy or religious um, about their food experiences. So like, what did you eat when you were growing up or what's your favorite food now or um, family memories with fam with family and food. Um, and of course their, you know, insight on um, faith and food. Maybe there, I know you probably have tons of guest ideas uh, from around the table. Um, so, um, other ideas include, uh, maybe having some other Catholic or even Christian, uh, food bloggers on the show, um, to just kind of geek out <laughs> and, uh, just have a, a geeky conversation about, um, about faith and food. Uh, I know I love the Catholic cuisine blog. Um, she is just fabulous, uh, with all of her ideas related to the liturgical season. Um, what would Jesus eat? Uh, I don't know if you've covered this in the past, uh, episode or blog, but, um, since you've been to the Holy land and, and your book and everything, um, maybe what would a typical meal for Jesus look like, you think, or, um, anyway, I'll just let you think about that. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, about the species of the Holy land. So the different, um, foods that are mentioned in the, I believe the old Testament, um, maybe just kind of talking about, um, those foods and how we can incorporate them in our, uh, in our diet today. Um, so that's just a little brainstorm <laughs> and I'm super excited to hear that you're going to, um, that you're going to continue podcasting and I can't wait. So. Thank you so much, uh, Angela, for that uh, feedback. I had a little little phone call came in right there at the at the end. Uh, thank you so much for that. You know, um, 
that's awesome. Awesome ideas. I love them all. Uh, some of them, matter of fact, I have tried to incorporate here uh, on the Catholic Foodie Show. You may have noticed that uh, listening over the last uh, couple of months. I have tried to incorporate a number of your ideas, and I, I still have a list that I'm keeping I'm going to try to get through, um, especially when you – well, you had some really good ones. Uh, what would Jesus eat is one that we need to to really dive into, and, and that's going to probably be something that we can make even into a series. Uh, also, uh, like recommendations for folks coming into New Orleans. I can't tell you how many times I get emails from people who are coming to New Orleans for the first time, or, or maybe they've been here, but it's been years ago. And so they, they have questions about restaurants, what restaurants to go to, what are like the, you, you have to do, you know, right? well, which restaurants do I have to go to? Um, parishes, I've had questions about that that have come through too. Uh, I'm going to be staying in this part of town. We're in for a conference or for something with business, staying in this part of town, which, what parishes are, are close by? Uh, which ones would you recommend? Uh, do you have, you know, can you, can you tell us the, the schedule or, or something along those lines? And so I always do try to, uh, to share with folks as, as best I can uh, those kind of recommendations and to be able to put them into a show. <laughs> that would make my job a little easier, you know, a little, just a little bit easier. So, uh, excellent, excellent ideas. Uh, you know, folks, uh, Angela works for, uh, the, the center, uh, the Pilgrim Center of Hope, uh, in San Antonio. She, she works as a, it's a Catholic evangelization ministry. And, uh, last night, uh, actually I was a guest on one of their outreach, um, uh, ministries is, is radio and it's called Catholicism Live is the name of the show. And, uh, I was a guest last night. It's a weekly show. I was a guest last night with Mary Jane Fox, who was the, um, uh, the host of the show. And it, it was a delightful, 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 uh, interview. I, I love being on the radio. I love uh, talking food and faith. And, and I have over the years, I've been privileged to be on the radio with a, a, a bunch of different, uh, people. And it's always a, a joy for me. Uh, and, and Mary, uh, last night really made it, uh, an easy, an easy, uh, job for me to talk food and, and faith. And she had some excellent questions and, and some of the things that, uh, some of the, the, the topics that she brought up, some of the questions that she asked, have uh, led me to, well, to this show, to, to this show today, uh, because there are some things I think that are important to to talk about. I want to be able to share them with you. You know, we talk about food and faith all the time. And one of the things I think we don't talk about a lot are things like gluttony. You know, that that's a, a topic that uh, I have been asked in the past. I've been put on the, the hot seat a couple of times in interviews, uh, people asking about gluttony. Uh, I guess the Catholic drinky probably gets this from time to time too, you know, since she talks about and, and writes about uh, uh, beer, you know, brew and, and, and faith, then people probably talk to her a lot about alcoholism, right? You can probably imagine that. Well, I get the gluttony thing. What, what about gluttony? And also fasting, because fasting is something that really isn't popular in our culture today. And yet it's a very vital part of our faith. It's it's very important. So we need to uh, to keep that in mind to 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 think about that. And and Mary last night on the on the show she did ask me some tough questions. Uh, not not tough and as in putting me on the spot, but tough as in you know these are some real issues and 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 things that we need to think about. And uh, and it led me to today. I I, I do want to discuss uh, something that the U.S. bishops have been promoting uh, for uh, Catholics in the United States. 
States, and which is essentially to take the whole concept of meatless meals, meatless Fridays, and expand it not only uh, just in Lent, but but throughout the year. And this is something that we'll, we are going to be talking about uh, uh, today. So food, faith, gluttony, uh, fasting, uh, what is all this stuff? How does this all fit together? How does it fit together? Well, you're in the right place, folks. Uh, this is the Catholic Foodie Show on you-supported uh, real-life radio. We do need to take a quick break here. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Fridays, Meatless Fridays is what we're talking about. And uh, the interview yesterday, uh, I think you could probably find it online. Uh, Catholicism, CatholicismLive.com is the uh, the URL address. I know that uh, if you click on that, it'll, it, it, it forwards you to uh, Pilgrim Center of uh, Hope. And uh, I think uh, I think you could probably listen to it there. I, I tell you what I'll do. I'll find out for you, and I will put that information and any uh, links uh, into the show notes over at CatholicFoodie.com. You know, we, these shows are live, folks. This is live radio, uh, which, by the way, since it is live radio, if you have a question about gluttony, if you have a question about fasting today, meatless meals, all that good stuff, you can call me today live on the show, 855-949-1380, 855-949-1380 is the number. Uh, but I will put uh, a link in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. This is a live show. Once it's over, once it's done, uh, it is uh, archived, saved as a podcast. You can find that podcast on the Real Life Radio feed, but also on the Catholic Foodie feed, which you'll find uh, at, at podbean.com, catholicfoodie.podbean.com. Uh, but also on iTunes, just search for Catholic Foodie, you'll find me. And uh, any of these other podcatchers, SoundCloud and all these other ones. So the good thing about that is that you can listen to the show at any time. So if you missed yesterday's show, which was a lot of fun, you can always listen to it. You can go to catholicfoodie.com, you'll find it there. And in the show notes for this particular show on Meatless Fridays, I will put a link uh, in the show notes for uh, the the interview I had last night uh, with Mary... uh, uh, Mary Fox. Um, I'm pulling up my notes uh, right now. So some of the questions last night had to do with uh, gluttony. It had to do with uh, with fasting. And uh, one of the things that that I kind of linked the, my answer to was the fact that the you know the U.S. bishops have been encouraging us for the last uh, couple of years now uh, to abstain from meat, not just on Fridays and Lent, but uh, Fridays throughout the year. You know. I had a conversation with uh, Father Peter Preble, a friend of mine, Orthodox priest, who is up in the Northeast uh, uh, part of the United States. And um, 
Father Peter and I talked back in May. Uh, we were talking originally about Greek Fest. That was the, the, the theme of the show was Greek Fest. And we, we ended up uh, speaking quite a, quite a bit about uh, fasting and how important fasting is. And, and really the, the, the big difference between fasting for Catholics and fasting for the Orthodox. And if you know any Orthodox uh, Christians, you'll know this about them, uh, that they do fast. They, they, they fast uh, uh, very strictly. Uh, Lent for them is much more strict than it is for us Catholics. Now, that used to not necessarily be the case. You know, you go back in, in our, our history here in the Catholic Church, uh, not even 100 years ago, and, and you're going to find that fasting for us was a very strict uh, thing as well. We, we see some changes that took place with Pope Paul VI uh, when, when he was uh, Pope, this is after Vatican II, uh, where he relaxed the, uh, the minimum requirements when it comes to fasting. He relaxed those laws. But if you look in context at what he was doing, if you look at it in context, he wasn't relaxing it in the sense that we could all kind of take a breather and say, ooh, I'm glad that's over. You know, life is going to be much easier now. Uh, that was not his intent. He relaxed the, the minimum requirements while at the same time urging Catholics, urging us to actually do more than what was required. See, the problem from his perspective is that we were just doing what was required, <laughs> right? What is that? The, 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 the path of least resistance, they call that, I believe, right? We were doing just what was required and it may not really have come from the heart. So in the wake of Vatican II and, and, and this, this whole idea of trying to live our faith, not simply by, you know, uh, rote, not simply by just going through the motion but but really from the heart. And so he's encouraging Catholics. This is Pope Paul VI now, encouraging Catholics to do more than what was simply required. And uh, But he was wanting to open the door, uh, not say it has to be X, Y, or Z, but that we're open to, as the Spirit leads us, take on more. And it could be something particular for me that helps me grow in faith, that helps me grow closer to God, that helps me in my relationship with God, maybe a little bit different in, in the practical aspects of it than, than for you. And so instead of making us all do the same, he's given us some creative freedom here. But again, what was the goal? That we would do more. And I've got a sound clip I'm going to play for you in just a minute. It comes from the Catholic News Service, and uh, it's actually from 2012. So this is three years ago uh, where the bishops were talking about this, this whole concept, this idea of possibly reinstating uh, as mandatory uh, this whole idea of abstaining from meat throughout the year on Fridays. Right throughout the year, and uh, in in it, it does reference uh, the the idea, the ideal at least that Pope Paul VI was trying to call us to, and 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 it says that somehow, somehow in the shuffle, that whole element, <laughs> right, the goal of Pope Paul VI, somehow that element got lost in the mix, and 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 we don't hear about that. Instead, what we hear about what the reality is, in a sense, and this is my own terminology, my own take on it, is that in a sense, fasting and abstinence for Catholics has been dumbed down, right? It's that whole dumbing down where it used to be strict, it used to be stringent, it used to, it used to really, we could feel it, right? We would feel it. And now it's just, well, fasting means you eat, you know, 
one small meal and it can't equal the other two meals, you know, that it's kind of like mental gymnastics trying to figure it out, but it's not what it used to be. And that's the fact. It's not what it used to be. And if you look at our Orthodox brothers and sisters, what do they do? Man, they fast, and it's pretty intense uh, what they go through, and and uh, and pretty impressive uh, too. And so you can see how it really costs them something, and they they can feel it. You know, when they fast, they they certainly feel it. And there's there's something very important about that. So that's that's what we're talking about today. I've got some resources I'm going to share with you a little bit later in the show. Uh, maybe that will help you when it comes to some meatless options on Fridays. And by the way. If you haven't put two and two together yet, today is Thursday, <laughs> which is why I'm talking about this today. Because what is tomorrow? Well, according to my calendar, tomorrow is Friday. So uh, maybe give you some ideas that you can put into practice for uh, for tomorrow. Uh, but right now, let's take a listen to what um, the bishops had to say. And where did I put it? Uh, what the bishops had to say on abstinence and fasting. Now, this is, again, a news clip from 2012. This is from the Catholic News Service. Let's take a listen. The work of our conference uh, during this coming year that we're going to talk about the next couple days includes ref- reflections on re-embracing Friday as a particular day of penance, including the possible reinvitation of abstinence on all Fridays of the year, not just during Lent. Uh, the bishops have not processed it or discussed it at all at this point, but I can certainly see what he's saying in the sense that, um, you know, we're all sinners and we all are called to conversion and abstaining from meat on Fridays as a traditional way of the church to call people's attention to the basics and to the fundamentals of the faith. And by giving up something together, whatever that is, it really, uh, it really helps us to focus in on who we are and who Jesus calls us to be. But I think it's more meaningful, more complete if people understand why they're doing what they're doing and that they see it as, uh, as an important commitment to do penance because it's not just in and of itself, it doesn't accomplish anything. As a matter of fact, uh, you can have lobster thermidor. It could be kind of tasty on a Friday. <laughs> you can have some wonderful fish dishes and some people prefer that to meat and, and it's healthier for you and there's all kinds of benefits. The point is, is that you're giving something up. You're abstaining with the idea that it's a, it's a symbol of my dependency on God, that, that I don't have everything I need, that I don't have everything I want, that I need God. God is my only total fulfillment. And so abstaining is a reminder of my poverty, a reminder of my neediness, a reminder of my dependency on God. So that's why we do it. If we lose sight of that, if we're just doing it because uh, look how good I am or, you know, pat myself on the shoulder, then we're missing the point. During the time of Paul VI, he relaxed uh, the universal requirement about that and challenged the church to do even more significant kinds of sacrifice than just abstinence. For example, setting a a day aside for our fasting, doing extra works of mercy. So he challenged the church to be even more penitential and somehow that part of his document or his teaching has just been lost. Certainly I'm open to looking into it and discussing it. So the idea itself is good to abstain, to do some acts of penance. That's a very, those are all good ideas. A whole complete separate issue is, do we make it mandatory or not? That's another question. 
That's right. And as of today, folks, it is not uh, mandatory, um, it, but it's encouraged. It's encouraged. Matter of fact, if you go to the USCCB's uh, website, the United States Catholic, uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops, usccb.org, uh, there is a, a page there. And again, I will put uh, a link in the show notes over at catholicfruity.com, but there's a, a link there or a page there about a call to prayer for life, marriage, and religious liberty. And uh, this is this is part of their uh, uh, pastoral strategy, right, to, to try to, uh, to bring about or t- really to bring us all together to, to pray uh, and to, uh, to take action on, uh, you know, through penance and, and sacrifice for, for the needs of our country, for the needs of our, uh, of our world, uh, of our church, uh, particularly in the area of uh, the issues surrounding life, you know, right, life and, and marriage uh, and religious freedom as well. Uh, we are coming up on a break, so uh, I'm going to have to uh, hold off before I give you more information here. Uh, you are listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. Uh, we need to take a quick break here, but we'll be back in just a few minutes. Fridays throughout the year. Why? Well, not not because we're gluttons for punishment, uh, not not really, but because we're being called to, we're being invited to uh, to make the sacrifice to take part in a collaborative effort of prayer and penance and sacrifice uh, for the sake of renewing a culture of life, a culture of marriage and of religious liberty in our country. You know, before the break, I was talking to you about uh, some resources over at uh, the, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops website, the USCCB, usccb.org. Uh, they have a page over there for, uh, it's a call to prayer for life, marriage, and religious liberty. And uh, uh, what is it exactly? Uh, They say here that the U.S. bishops have approved a pastoral strategy to advance a movement for life, marriage, and religious liberty. It's essentially a call to prayer, penance, and sacrifice for the sake of renewing a culture of life, marriage, and religious liberty in our country. Um, And why? Why would they do this? Well, they said that, well, the well-being of society requires that life, marriage, and religious liberty are promoted and and protected. Uh, Serious threats to each of these goods, however, have raised unprecedented challenges to the church and to the nation. Two immediate flashpoints are the following. First is the HHS mandate, which requires almost all employers, including Catholic employers, to pay for employees' contraception, sterilization, and abortifacient drugs, regardless of conscience 
conscientious objections. Uh, This is a clear affront to America's first freedom, religious liberty, as well as to the uh, inherent dignity of every human person. Uh, Second, uh, current trends in both government and culture are moving beyond redefining marriage as uh, the union of any two persons, ignoring marriage as fundamental meaning and purpose uh, as the universal institution that unites a man and a woman with each other and with the children born from their union. Uh, These challenges uh, call for increased awareness and formation as well as spiritual stamina and fortitude among the faithful so that we may be effective and uh, joyful witnesses of faith, hope, and charity. And this is a a pastoral plan which really is an invitation to all Catholic faithful. And uh, the the USCCB's website here gives us uh, a handful of ways to participate, five ways in particular, one uh, being to uh, host a Eucharistic Holy Hour. Uh, the last Sunday of each month. Uh, the second one is to pray the rosary daily. Those two things, those two things I highly encourage and try to practice in my own life. Uh, I love Mama Mary. I love the rosary. Uh, one of my favorite, uh, favorite prayers. Uh, the third thing they recommend are prayers of the faithful uh, at daily and Sunday masses. Uh, and then number four, which is the one that we're going to talk about a little more in depth here. Number four is abstain from meat on Fridays and to fast on Fridays. And then number five, is to participate in the Fortnight of Freedom. And they even have a website for that. Again, you will find a link to uh, to that in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. Now, we're going to go back to number four here, abstain from meat on Fridays and to fast on Fridays. It says that uh, fasting and abstinence uh, unites us to the redemptive suffering and death of our Lord. Uh, the seasons and days of penance in the course of the, of the liturgical year, you know, Lent and then each Friday in memory of the death of our Lord are intense moments of the church's penitential practice. That comes from the catechism. Uh, the practice of fasting, the general practice of fasting allows a person to eat one full meal a day, right? That On the day of fasting, one full meal a day. And then two smaller meals uh, may be taken not to equal one full meal. Now, again, this is just the minimum requirements, right? The minimum definition of, of fasting. We are always by the church encouraged to do as much as we can uh, to, to go beyond, to uh, above and beyond just the minimum. But that is, that is the minimum. And uh, the, the USCCB here reminds us that as we are conformed to Christ through fasting and abstinence, uh, we in particular remember the intentions of the protection of life, marriage, and religious liberty. Uh, They have more resources on this website, including uh, like a PDF uh, handout. Uh, They have uh, a pledge that you can sign. Uh, It's a pledge to fast and abstain from meat on Fridays. Um, And you can also even sign up to get a weekly reminder uh, and even an intention and reflection by entering your email address uh, or uh, by texting. You can receive this by uh, text. If you send a, a text, the text, being FAST, F-A-S-T, to 99000. If you text FAST to 99000, you'll receive a reminder via uh, via text um, whenever your Fridays are coming up. So that's pretty neat. You know, it's, it's a way for us to join together as Catholics. You know, we can look back historically and see that a number of our practices uh, as Catholics really did set us apart from other folks in in, in the country and yeah, historically speaking, okay? Uh, you look back in some of the traditions that we had, whether it was, um, you know, Ash Wednesday, 
Wednesday where, you know, you go to mass, you get ashes on your head. We still have that today, of course. Uh, and then you go to work and you may have ashes on your head. Well, that kind of sets you apart. It, it kind of makes you a visible witness to your faith, which is, which is a good thing. I mean, of course, we could take that good thing and make it into a bad thing, uh, you know, by, by the way that, you know, our attitude towards it, if we are trying to show off or, or, or whatever, uh, that, that can certainly take away any good that would be part of, of being a visible witness. But, uh, you know, it's a good thing. You look back in the past of um, uh, Eucharistic processions that were another visible sign and testimony to our faith and our Eucharistic Lord. And if you had those going through the streets of the city, which was something that used to happen way back when, uh, another, another visible thing that kind of sets Catholics apart. Uh, from the rest. And, and being set apart is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You know, the, the, the definition of holiness, of sacred, is something that is set apart for the purposes of God. And, and so we have these things uh, in, our, in our traditions of, of, uh, of, of faith, of practice, a practice of our faith that kind of set us apart from, from others. And so this is an opportunity for us to kind of take another step where, where we are, again, doing something collectively together that 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 demonstrates that that kind of reinforces our Catholic identity, which is a beautiful thing. But it also is something very personal because it touches us where we're going to feel it. It touches us on our plates, and uh, we're certain we certainly will will feel that. Uh, so the call to prayer then. And uh, there is a pledge. You can actually pledge to to fast on the the page. Again, I'll leave a I'll put a link in the in the show notes at catholicfoodie.com. But uh, you can actually take a pledge uh, to do this. And it's interesting. There's a, a little note here on fasting and abstinence that uh, that on the website it says as penitential practices, fasting and abstinence uh, unites us to the redemptive suffering. I think I already read that. Did I already read that? Uh, yeah, but this is different. I'm, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue here. Um, the Latin church or Latin church Catholics in the United States are especially encouraged to abstain from meat on all Fridays throughout the year in remembrance of the day Christ died for our salvation and to observe fasting during the weekdays of Lent. Both fasting and abstinence are, however, obligatory on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Abstinence uh, from meat is further required on the Fridays during Lent unless a solemnity falls on a Friday. Uh, The norm consists of abstaining from meat. This abstinence does not include eggs, milk products, or sauces made from animal fats. Uh, These are... There are many forms of fasting. The norms consist of eating only one full meal each day. Two smaller meals may also be taken as needed, but not to equal a full meal. Some Catholics may elect to observe a literal all-day fast or give up particular foods or drinks in addition to their abstinence from meat. Please consult a priest if you have any further questions. And they have an actual, they actually have a page on their website that deals with all kind of stuff uh, regarding fasting and abstinence. So I would offer that to you as a, as a resource, uh, usccb.org.org. Um, and, and so that's, uh, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. It is important. Fasting is important. And uh, again, you can always go back and listen to the, the interview I did with Father Peter Preble. That was back in May. I know that uh, during my paternity leave <laughs> for a couple of weeks, uh, it was probably replayed a few times. And uh, so it's still, you know, you may have already heard that even recently, even recently here on Real Life Radio. Uh, but I want to share with you another uh, resource, a uh, resource that you might think uh, 
would be a little more practical when it comes to abstinence throughout the year. Uh, you know, I do contribute uh, a recipe once a month to CatholicMom.com. Uh, something, uh, it's a ministry that Lisa Hindi, my friend Lisa Hindi, started uh, years ago. And I, I absolutely love this ministry, uh, CatholicMom.com. There's so many resources there that run the gamut. I mean, everything from uh, food, of course, there, there are recipes there. That's what I contribute. Uh, but they have all kind of inspirational articles. Uh, they're doing a, a, a book study right now, as a matter of fact, on a book story, a book study, book story. I don't even know what that is, book story. But they're doing a book study right now on a book by one of our own uh, real life radio contributors, um, uh, Sonia Corbett. Uh, her book, Unbound, I believe is the name of the book. I'm reading it right now, but I don't have it in front of me. I believe that is the name of the book. And uh, I absolutely... No, it's Unleashed. Unleashed. There's another book that I have on my bookshelf called Unbound. Unleashed, which I'm reading right now, and I, I absolutely love that book. It is fantastic. And and Sonia has been so gracious not only to host her own show, uh, but she has been a guest on with um, with a few folks recently. I think she was on with Mary Graham recently talking about the book, and she was also on with uh, Allison Jingras uh, talking about the book. Those are shows here on uh, Real Life Radio. Living Witnesses is one, and then A Seeking Heart with Allison Jingris is another. So I highly recommend the book, by the way. The book is fantastic, Unleashed, and it's about uh, the Holy Spirit. And she tells, she's so uh, transparent in the stories that she shares of her own life and how how the Lord has worked with her and how the Holy Spirit uh, works with her is, uh, you know, and in, in really in kind of being unleashed in her life and, and how we can also experience the unleashing of the Holy Spirit. So I highly recommend Sonia's book. We we need to take a break again. These breaks keep coming up. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. So glad that you are here with me today. We're talking about an exciting topic, right? Fasting. <laughs> Fasting and abstinence uh, for, for a good cause. You know, Jesus in the gospel says that uh, when the bridegroom is no longer with with the guests, when the bridegroom is no longer with his friends, then they will fast. Then they will fast. And so he does, you know, and more than once in the Gospels, uh, we're called to to fasting and very important practice in the Christian life. If we want to live a truly Christian life, you can't, you can't do it without fasting. The three pillars of uh, penance being what prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, all, all, all from a standpoint or all from the vantage point of love, right, of charity, uh, but prayer, almsgiving, and fasting. And before the uh, before the break, we we're talking about uh, CatholicMom.com, a wonderful resource. I, I love this website. So many awesome things available here. You've got articles that are just full of inspiration for moms and and it, all kind of moms, right? Young moms, moms who have grown children. 
children uh, from, from, you know, A to Z. It's all here at CatholicMom.com. And Lisa Hindi has done a bang up job. And of course, she's got lots of help, lots of help, lots of contributors, uh, lots of bloggers who contribute uh, content over at Catholic mom.com. And, and I'm one of them. I, I do uh, contribute once a month uh, a recipe uh, over at catholicmom.com. And matter of fact, uh, it's all part of uh, my mind. Is a, it's a meatless recipe. On Fridays, every Friday throughout the year, catholicmom.com, in an effort to try to encourage Catholics to embrace this invitation by the U.S. bishops uh, to abstain from meat on Fridays uh, for the issues, you know, offering the, the prayer, that fasting, that abstinence uh, for for the needs that we have in our country, right? Uh, uh, it was concerning life, life and marriage and religious liberty. And, and catholicmom.com wants to encourage Encourage that. They want to help us along, help us to embrace it. And the way they do that is by um, supplying us with recipes, meatless recipes that are uh, easy to prepare at home. So if you go even to the homepage of CatholicBomb.com, you can scroll down and you're going to see a link. Um, if I can do it, I've already clicked the link, so I've got to go back. <laughs> that's that's life, you know. Never on the never on the right page. Never on the right page. But if you scroll down, uh, you on the home page, you've got uh, you know featured content up at the top. You've got articles from uh, different contributors, like most recent articles uh, from different contributors, faith resources, um, and then you scroll down a little bit further, and you have uh, links here for what well, we got. You know, Allison Jingris. I was just talking about Allison. Allison contributes as well. The Tech Talk uh, is going to be on uh, with a Seeking Heart with Allison Jingris um, is is on is featured on there. That's really cool. And then also, if you scroll a little further down, you've got Cooking with Catholic Mom, Cooking with CM, Cooking with Catholic Mom, Meatless. Fridays. So you click that link and it's going to take you to all these different recipes. I'm just going to share you, share with you some titles here of, of recipes that have been recent recipes, a Parmesan basil quick fish. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. looks like it's a pan fried. I may be wrong about that. I'd have to, to look at it, but I'm just giving you the titles here. Um, another one is a uh, Dijon onion tilapia. That sounds absolutely delicious. I, I, I like that. You know, abstinence doesn't have to mean that you eat garbage, right? It doesn't have to mean that you go through McDonald's drive-through and pick up filet of fish. I would, I would discourage you from doing that. Actually, uh, you can eat well. You can still eat well. Still eat good food. Still eat delicious food when you are abstaining. <clears throat> it's not like you are uh, punishing yourself and you're supposed to feel miserable. Jesus in the gospels even says what? When you're fasting, what do you do? You 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 take care of yourself. You 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 anoint your head. You 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 do all the things that people did back in the day so that it doesn't look like you're fasting. You don't walk around gloomily, uh, you know, with a frown on your face and holding your stomach all day going, Oh, I feel terrible. You know, that's not the point, right? That's not the point. So we, we want to eat, uh, you know, you, you can enjoy your food even on days when you're abstaining. Uh, let's see, here's what, here's a couple of other ones. Creamy licious. I like that. Creamy licious garlic Asiago cheese, vegetable soup. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, mussels in wine. If you like mussels, uh, you can cook them in white wine. Very good. That's another one. Uh, shrimp enchiladas. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Shrimp enchiladas. Uh, fish tacos with lime, cilantro, crema. That sounds good too. And uh, let's see, grilled portobello mushroom pizza. Mm. 
can never get a, get enough pizza. I love pizza. Uh, breakfast for dinner, grill or skillet. And I'm going to go through a couple of these with you uh, in just a minute. Uh, garden marinara sauce. All right. That sounds good. Uh, oh, look, here's one from me. Shrimp masala. That was back from, uh, from May. I missed my June contribution because, you know, we had a baby and life was crazy and I, I, I didn't get around to it, but, uh, that was my, you know, part of my paternity leave. I guess we'll say that. Uh, but I do have one coming up, uh, this month and, uh, you have to keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, slow cooker baked ziti is, uh, another one here. Lentil soup. I mean, we got just tons of, of recipes. Um, I'm interested in that fish taco. I love that. The shrimp enchiladas. I want to check that one out too, to share with you. And I'm going to come back up here to this, um, Hmm. Let's look at the, the, maybe the Dijon onion tilapia, because these are ones that, that really grab my attention and my taste buds. It is lunchtime, by the way, on Thursday, not Friday. I'm giving you these recipes a day in advance, just as an idea, you know, because tomorrow's Friday, you got to plan ahead. And this is, look, this is a simple one. Dijon onion tilapia. This is a simple, simple recipe. Uh, four pieces of tilapia, about five ounces each. There's only four ingredients here. So you have the tilapia, you have one and a half cups of Durkee's fried onions crushed, three tablespoons of melted butter, and then five heaping tablespoons of Dijon mustard. How simple can you get? That, that That's great. Uh, so you crush the fried onions and put them in a bag or dump them in, onto a pie plate. Use the bottom of the measuring cup to smash them, which is, a great job for the kids to do. Uh, you know, bring the kids into the kitchen with you to cook. That's always a, a fun thing to do. Helps build relationships. It's fantastic. Gives them a little confidence too. You know, they can kind of grow in confidence there with you in the kitchen. Cover a baking sheet with foil. Brush some olive oil on the foil to prevent sticking or use uh, like a, a, ba- a parchment paper. And then you want to combine butter and mustard, dip the fish into the butter mix, and then roll it in the crushed onions. You place that on the prepared sheet and then bake it for 25 to 30 minutes at 375. And they have some uh, beautiful pictures here over at catholicmom.com. This comes from Barb. And Barb, I love you, Barb. Uh, We talk on a regular basis, but I'm scared to try to pronounce your last name. (laughs) I don't want to butcher it. On uh, Twitter, Barb is known as uh, Francis. Franciscan Mom. Matter of fact, she blogs over at franciscanmom.com. Um, and Barb, I actually I tried to get her on the show for today and I was unable to scheduling just didn't work out. But I'm going to have Barb come and, and talk with us because she's one of the editors. She is one of the editors over at um, uh, catholicmom.com. And I, I do deal with her on a regular basis. Uh, happily, happily, uh, we talk back and forth about food and cooking. And uh, and so I, I do want to, to have her on the show. Uh, she does over at franciscanmom.com. She likes to post a diabetic friendly recipe. So I think that would be a great uh, conversation for us to have here on the Catholic Foodie Show. So that's the... Uh, that is the uh, Dijon onion tilapia. Uh, the, the, the shrimp enchiladas, uh, let me see, who, who, who has, this is from Allison uh, Arend, uh, the shrimp enchiladas. And so what do you have? You have one pound of uh, medium shrimp peeled and deveined, uh, two tablespoons of olive oil divided, one clo- two cloves of garlic minced, a small onion diced, two cups of white or brown rice, one four-ounce can of diced mild green chilies, uh, a quarter teaspoon of oregano, one-eighth teaspoon of cayenne pepper, 
eight uh, six-inch corn or flour tortillas, two cups of shredded Kobe Jack cheese, salt and pepper to taste. This seems like it's going to be a pretty simple recipe. You're going to make a sauce, which is separate. The sauce is two tablespoons of unsalted butter, tablespoon of cornstarch, uh, one and a quarter, one and a half cups of chicken stock or fish stock, a cup of sour cream, one uh, half a teaspoon of garlic powder, three cloves of garlic minced, um, a quarter cup of chopped fresh cilantro, one tablespoon of dried, and then a dash of cayenne pepper. Or if you want to add some spicy heat, uh, one to two jalapenos seeded and minced. You're going to preheat the oven to 400 degrees and line a baking sheet with parchment paper. In a small bowl, toss in the shrimp with uh, one tablespoon of the olive oil and lightly salt and pepper. Uh, Spread the shrimp on a baking sheet so that none are touching and roast them until cooked through. That's only going to take about six to eight uh, minutes. Then reduce the oven temperature to three. 350, lightly oil a 9 by 13 bacon dish or coat with nonstick cooking spray. Uh, heat uh, a second tablespoon of olive oil in a large skillet. Add the, uh, the garlic and the onion and cook until the, uh, the onion is slightly translucent. Remove from heat, add the canned chilies, the oregano, the cayenne pepper. Mix and add the rice and mix again uh, gently to combine. Set aside in a small bowl. Whisk together cornstarch and broth. And uh, you're basically going to gonna, uh, cook this down. Uh, you're going to saute it for a minute or two. You want to add the broth mixture, mix in the sour cream, heat on medium heat until the sauce is thickened. Uh, when thickened, remove from heat, add the cayenne. And I am racing because we're almost out of time here, folks. And I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to finish up this, uh, this recipe. I'm going to share it over at catholicfoodie.com. So you are going to be able to find it over there as well. You know, we are, uh, at the end here of the show. You've been listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and thank you so much for being here today, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bon appétit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.